report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. He lays Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're just... Guys, I, just, I can't do this. I'm sorry. I just... I really need to cut and run from... Oh, God. You're welcome, Tom. This episode of the Bad Batch titled Cut and Run. Uh, yeah. No Even Peel would have been proud of you by now. I just... I don't want to talk about how long I've been planning that, uh, but, okay. you know. Um, but... Obviously, that's out of the way. Uh, my terrible pun aside, uh, Tom, do you want to tell us a little bit more about this episode? Well, thank you, Stephen. We are reviewing tonight Bad Batch Season 1, Episode 2, Cut and Run, directed by Stuart Lee and written by Gershirman Sandu. The synopsis for the episode is The Bad Batch Visit an Old Contact. Yeah, so this is this episode continues right from where um, last week left off. They're taking more of a Mandalorian like approach. It seems like with this series, where there's they're definitely somewhat self contained, but the story is continuing to progress. Um, you know, unlike the Clone Wars, where we kind of had very different story arcs, and that's why we called them story arcs, right? Because you'd have one, two, three, sometimes four, five episodes in in a particular location or around a particular. Uh, plot point and then it would kind of wrap and, and kind of be done for a season uh, usually and they'd move somewhere else in the galaxy this show continues right where we left off and the, it looks like they've abandoned the the voice of time uh, newsreel uh, with Tom Kane at the beginning I, I suspect that was really just to kick off the show and and mm-hmm. really drive home that it's a, a, a successor to the Clone Wars yep. Yeah, yep. yeah but you know but well, but you can also look at it. This is definitely it's got the feel of the Clone Wars, but it's its own show. Yeah. And they learned a lot from the Clone Wars. They kicked off to the same feeling of the Clone Wars from the previous episode. But from this point forward, I'm not going to have an issue with them kind of following a Mandalorian timeline because it seems like this show needs something like that. It's not a battle with the newsreel and all the other stuff. You're following basically five lost characters yeah. that are trying to figure themselves out within the world. Yeah, as it's changed. That's a great point, Tom. And you know, again, the this I think the newsreel really helped because the Clone Wars could jump from to anywhere in the galaxy any given yep. week, and so you kind of you really needed that that newsreel to ground you and where you are in the galaxy and what's happening and why you have to care about uh, what's going on. And while we loved it, it was a classic part of the Clone Wars, I don't think it's necessary in a show that's much more personal about a smaller yep. group. And so, um, so yeah, you know, I think that's the big difference from the premiere. But I, we're kind of settling into the what I think is the the format for the rest of the, the series. And as we talked about, you know, it picks up right up. The last week they talked about uh, going to J-19. It was kind of vague. Turns out J-19 is actually the planet Seleucami, and uh, I, I don't know if you guys had the same, like, uh, uh, you know, that, that you, you felt a disturbance in the forts when they mentioned Seleucami. <laughs> and uh, it turns out, like, Clone Force 99's old friend is none other than Cut Laquane and, and his wife, uh, Sue Laquane, uh, from uh, who we were first met in the Clone Wars episode, The Deserter. And it's mm-hmm. really cool to see Cut come back. Your thoughts, Stephen? 
Uh, you, so I'm actually going to take a different line of approach, which is uh, I 100% did not remember that episode from Clone Wars. <laughs> I re- really? I rem- like, so cut shows up. I'm like, I'm pretty sure, like, I would bet money that this character showed up in Clone Wars. But if you asked me anything about it, I would not remember. I couldn't tell you a mm. single thing. Really? Okay. And Interesting. I, really? And I'll say, really? Really? I just I haven't seen that episode in probably <laughs> since we reviewed it, honestly. Okay. But the thing I think I appreciate it is the episode works just as well, even not knowing that level of detail. Mm-hmm. Um, and so coming from that angle of like, if you didn't watch the Clone Wars or just like me have forgotten what it was like, the fact that it still worked, I think is fantastic. Yeah, and right. makes it that much more, uh, just it makes it more effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they did a good job balancing that. You don't have to have seen the Clone Wars, but if you know it, you know, uh, then there's a lot of excitement. I was looking at like, uh, some chatter among Star Wars fans um, before the episode came out, and you know they're all speculating like, "Oh, cut and run." Could it because the the episode title was briefly appeared on Disney Plus? I was like, "Oh, I mean, cut Luck Wayne." And there's like a lot of excitement in there, and it's cool to see those characters brought back. And cut especially was very interesting because he's a clone who decided mm-hmm. to to leave his post. He deserted, and in order to to marry. Uh, this Twi'lek and then they have a family and kids and it's a very different way of looking at the clones where we've all only we haven't seen them with their own families right. and getting to revisit them now post uh, uh, post Order 66 and in a world where they're kind of all on the run the Bad Batch is on the run at this point Tom you're, you, mm-hmm. what, do you, what do you think seeing Cut again the, the best thing I like about this the first time we saw Akat, basically he was there to defend his family, and you saw him actually be a clone trooper. The best thing about this episode, you got to see him basically be a father concerned about his family. And they realize they have to get off that world of Seleucami because things have changed. And he knew that if he were to be caught, then he would be dubbed a traitor and all the other stuff. And he even did a really good reference to where um, he referenced that even Rex came by. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was great because, you know, it's one of those things in which you're looking at it going, um, you could see that happening. And you also knew because, Stephen, Rex was in that episode where you first saw him in the Clone Wars. And Mm -hmm. that made total sense with a good tie in of Rex coming by and basically just passing through. So now, you know, that at some point the Bad Batch is going to try and find Rex. Yeah, I I want to go back to something else. It's very interesting to have Rex name dropped already. And I it does make me very excited to see, I think, uh, where he shows up next. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I expect. Yeah. Cause we know he's, it's... he's in the trailer, but right. Yeah. But yeah. It, the, the thing is he's going to have to, the name drop has to be there because we already know that when it comes to star Wars rebels, Rex survived, Wolf survived and Gregor survived. So, you know, that it's hopefully at some point, we don't know this for the other two. But we do know at some point, because in the trailer, Rex is going to have to show up. And the the question now at this point is, how far into this is he going to show up? Is it like right after he and Ahsoka left in the end of the Clone Wars? Is it like, say, a month after that happened? Is it a week after that happened? Is it to where Rex was able to finally establish himself with that ATTE before he finds Wolf and Gregor? All those questions are going to hopefully be answered at this point. And this is a great jumping off because cut to me seemed like it was a logical step to get to those answers. Cause now you get to see what happened to cut. 
he was aware of order 90 uh, order 66 happening but it also appears he does not have the you know good soldiers follow order things that uh crosshair had well i think i think he said rex came by and helped him Get rid oh, of the take chip. The chip out? Yeah, got it. Okay. Yeah, Sorry, so I missed that one. So Rex is clearly going around. He's helping. He's helping clones that he's aware of. Uh, so I, I'm excited for that that dynamic. Yeah. But I, I want to go back to something you said, Tom. Because I think it's it, it's it's really the whole point of this episode. And that's that's family, right? It's yep. it's cut taking care of his the, his kids, Shia and Jack, and uh, who, Shia, by the way, is played by Nika Futterman. So it's it's great to see uh, uh, Nika, who, who voiced Asajj Ventress in the Clone Wars, back in. Bad batch, um, but you know he's taking care of his 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 kids, trying to make sure they're safe and and that they don't uh, they're they're especially in this this you know post Order sixty six world where the Empire is starting to rise, but he also plays a really important part in helping the Bad Batch, specifically Hunter, mm-hmm. but all of them learn how to raise Omega because they they don't know how to do this. They've never had to raise right. a kid before. And really the, the undercurrent throughout this whole episode is how you, you know, how the bad batch learns how to be, uh, you know, uh, how to, how to raise Omega. So I will be honest. That was my least favorite part of this episode. Interesting. Why is that? It felt so much to me like we were just redoing The Mandalorian. Mm. And like, and Omega in the first episode, you know, we talked about on our previous review. She didn't bother me. I felt like she was, she felt sufficiently different to Baby Yoda that, you know, or Ahsoka, I think would be the previous equivalent. Mm. Um, this episode, I just, I was like, oh, we're what, like Hunter, he, he's a soldier instead of a, he's a soldier and or bounty hunter who's, you know, obviously never had to raise a kid before. He does the honorable thing and wants to try and get rid of the kid. But, oh, wait, he's become attached. Now he needs to learn how to be a father. And it just, it felt so much like I was just watching, re-watching season one of Mandalorian that it just, hmm. it was my biggest issue with but, the episode. But, but, but the thing, the thing was, at a certain point, do you think he was that attached to her? I think she was more attached to the actual Bad Batch themselves than he was really attached to her because I felt like he was, he to me felt like he was doing the right thing by letting her go with cut because that way she would be safe. She would be hidden oh. and, 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 and they wouldn't, she, they wouldn't be putting her in danger because I think for him, he knows they are more on the run. I feel than her. Don't get me wrong. So I, uh, the story with one exception, which we'll get to in a couple minutes, I'm sure okay. it makes sense. All right. All of the the beats are the right beats to have. It just felt like I was watching Mandalorian. Like okay. I've I've seen this story before, and it's not just that I've seen it before. It's I've seen it before in Star Wars recently. That's a fair critique. And, right. That is a fair critique because both both yeah, have no, they, this parent child relationship. They're they're a, yep. a soldier who doesn't really know how to be a parent, trying to to raise this younger uh, kid and. and in the Mandalorian's case, it's a baby, you know, or, or very young. In Omega's case here in this show, she's a bit older. Um, and so, but yeah, there's a lot of parallels, and that's a very right. fair point. I did like getting, I, I, I enjoyed it. And I, I, I wonder how much it'll permeate this season, or if this was kind of that, okay, we had to have this transition 
we can't just like make them parents, you know? Uh, right. And so we have to show this and acknowledge it in one episode and then, and then move on potentially. Right. I don't know. I guess we'll my, see. my hope is definitely that exactly that, that this mm-hmm. is, they, they felt the need to do it, which makes sense. Like it, it is the logical story be coming out of the, the premiere. Mm-hmm. And I hope now we get to kind of move on to it. And I would, lo- I hope we spend more time diving into what is the thing that makes Omega special. Right. Uh, Cut has a great line talking about like, no, the Kaminoans don't make mistakes. Everything <laughs> they do, for, they do everything for a reason. Right. Uh, I was going to say strongly hinting, but it's not even that it's a hint, like stating out loud that like, yes, there is something special here about, uh, I was going to say cut, sorry, about Omega. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I suspect that is going to be kind of the driving arc here for most of this season. And- it was fu- it was funny because Eric and I, uh, my son, were, were sitting here talking about this before we started the show, and the only thing feeling I can get from this is that maybe she is the one that has like let's say the senses of the other four, to where she has you know Hunter's gift and Wrecker's gift and you know Tech's gift and Crosshair's gift. All four of those are wrapped up into one, and maybe moving forward. It's not going to be so much as we are going to have to figure out how to raise her, but maybe she's one of these in which she's going to end up in a, in a quote unquote kind of follow along with me raising herself because they're going to get themselves in the, into let's say trouble that in some cases she's going to probably maybe bail them out of it with whatever skill she's got that they're hiding. So it may not be, they're trying to raise her. She may be the one that's going to mature on her own throughout all this and probably be part of if it works out, end up being part of this whole Clone Force 99 because whatever gift she has. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the, we talked about last week how um, how how we kind of theorized about what her gifts might be. And this week, as you said, Stephen, they, they really call attention that there's something special about her. Uh, they really hammer it home. Have, have, have your thoughts changed on what her gift might be? Are you... I. I continue to strongly believe she is a, a fast learner, if you will. There's, again, there were a couple of shots in this episode where she, they, I feel like they're drawing attention to her watching something that mm-hmm. is happening mm-hmm. in front of her. And to me, that just screams that, yeah, she, she has an ability related to watching and then being able to do like quickly follow. Okay. I, you know, now that I think about this, out of the four of them, think of your senses. If there's five senses, each one of those make up a four, make up one of the five. Then I could see her being that one clone that makes up the quote unquote fifth sense hmm. to where each one has that sp- that specific gift. And what you're saying, Stephen, probably could be the case that she's a quick learner. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. when you look at it from that point of view. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, she makes... A couple of poor choices in this episode, <laughs> such as when she well, yeah. you know, steals the chain codes, which we'll talk about in a minute, um, and she runs them. You know, the fence. Yeah, think yeah, going outside the like the fence one is less so. Uh, yeah. I can understand not like oh, I just didn't realize there was crazy you know Nexu running around outside. I did love seeing uh, the Nexu in animated yeah. form. That was and, cool. Oh yeah, and it, there is an interesting thing, and it's. It was so close to the, like, I like sand level, but like when they first land on Slukamai and she's like kicking it, they're like, oh, it's amazing. And I was like, 
again, I I know what you're going yeah. for here. Oh, she's never she's only lived on Camino. All she knows is rain and water. Yeah, dirt would be weird, but I don't know if like Star Wars doesn't always have the best history with describing you know small granular objects on the ground. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that's funny because it, it gets everywhere. That's the problem with small. Exactly. Objects. It's interesting though, yeah. Stephen. You and I seem to have opposite opinions on this because I, I like, I like, I appreciated that moment too for that reason. It's like she's never seen this before, and yeah. And I, with at least with like with Baby Yoda, for example, everyone was so with the child with Grogu, right? Everyone was in awe of of this creature, um, but Grogu, he knows he's he's seen the galaxy, so he's not really. There's there's aspects he's in awe of, but for the most part, you know, it's not as surprising. Whereas Omega is 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 floored by everything she sees uh, because it's also new because she's only grown up in this on this ocean planet, living in these you know cities built on stilts, and everything is mm-hmm. pristine and clean and not a speck of dirt anywhere, and and a bunch but, of clones with the same kind of faces and these Kaminoans running around, yeah. well, walking around because you never I, see them run. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I did not hate the dirt scene. I just, it, it was a funny include that just felt like, I don't know. It felt Star Wars <laughs> in a, in a very interesting way. But, but that's the thing about Star Wars. They do, the, the, the property has a tendency to do that because it's a nice little nod to something of the past that it's just like, yeah, you can make fun of it, but it's aware of itself. And it's like, you know what? Let's do this. We're aware of it. Why not throw it out there and just give everybody something to talk about that we acknowledge this. Mm-hmm. Fair. All right. I want to go into my my second biggest issue with the episode, which I'm okay. kind of sounding like I'm coming across very negative. I thought the episode was fine, <laughs> um, to be clear. Uh, I like how you put that out there. It's it, important to call out. Okay. Um, I laughed. I Maybe laugh is the wrong word. Um, so the crux of the episode revolves around Cut realizing that he need he can't stay on the planet anymore that they're currently mm-hmm. on. Um, it's no longer safe for them. The Empire is impounding ships. Um, you know he's they've got to get out of here. Makes sense. Um, very quickly, Hunter offers, "Hey, you know we've got a shuttle. We can take you anywhere in the galaxy you need to go." Um, worth noting as well that the place that he wants to go is somewhere like not populated. Um, so, like, the sh- taking the shuttle shouldn't be an issue. It's not like they're going to Coruscant where they might be in danger. And But Cuts, you know, reasonably says, like, look, you guys are soldiers. It's going to, like, there's potential danger there. I don't want to do it. And then as the episode continues, it's like, oh, man, we need these codes. They're going to, we need to figure out how to do this without recognizing this. We need to break into the, like, prison impound so that we can get inside. And all these things start happening. Where I'm like, I Guys, you should maybe revisit now the whole, like, should we just jump on the shuttle that we already have access to and leave? Mm-hmm. Like, what's more dangerous, Cut? Is it taking a shuttle to a random planet? Or is it risking, you know, going to jail well, through stealing but, codes and so on? Right, but here, here's, here's the thing that I find fascinating about all this. When you're talking about the codes, you know, and, and I it, it, it was what I find fascinating is the empire now is using codes for everybody. It's like everybody now is getting a number. Okay. And it's funny because at a certain point, it's like the clones really wanted a name and not numbers. But now now here you have the empire giving everybody these numbers. And that's why it's like cut is like, and I could see his point where, you know, you've got to get these chain codes because 
you know, it seems like Cut really doesn't want to be on the run with his family. He wants to keep them safe. Okay. Going into, you know, the shuttle with the Bad Batch, jumping off planet, they're going to constantly be on the run. Mm -hmm. So if, if you can sit here and have tech basically hack into some chain codes and give the family codes, then they won't have to be on the run, any, run anymore, period. The sad thing is, technically to the Empire, he's not cut anymore. He's back to being a number. Yeah, and, you know, I, I guess, you know, Stephen, you make a good point. Like, why not just run away on the, on the Havoc Marauder and, and, and be done with it? Um, there's definitely an element of being pursued for the rest of their lives, potentially. And I think mm -hmm. getting the chain codes will help them in the long run, uh, whether or not they thought about that at the, in the moment. Um, but I, one of the things I, I loved about this episode was just the fact that we got to see more about the origins of the empire. Last week we got to see yeah. about how the clones were, uh, shut down basically and started to start hiring conscripts instead, bringing in conscripts. Um, and, uh, you know, real people for the clone army. And this week you, we learn more that they're, the empire is really trying to crack down and they, they start cataloging every single ship and they're like impounding every single ship, even if they're not leaving the planet just so they can put them in the system. Um, they are issuing chain codes to everyone. And it's kind of like, Oh, come get your free chain code. Everybody come and get one. Uh, but now they have, uh, everyone ID'd and they're really trying to, um, crack down on the galaxy and make sure they know every single person and exactly what they're doing. And we saw chain codes in the Mandalorian, but I'll be honest, I, I never really understood exactly what chain codes were and how they, uh, and how they worked. Mm. Uh, it was always this very vague term. And I feel like this episode really, um, explains that a bit more. And, and it is it really drives home. Like chain codes are just like an ID. Right, you know, yeah, social security numbers. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's like an ID number, a social security number, and um, it's like well, maybe an SSN combined with a an ID card of some sort. Um, and I, I really liked getting to see the beginnings of that. Uh, I thought that was really cool. Well, I think that's the one thing that's going to be fun about this, and then when you look at the Mandalorian, is to see the evolution of. You know, the, the Mandalorian, you're looking at hopefully the evolution of the First Order. In this part, you're going to now see the actual evolution of the Empire. So this is going to be fascinating with, with both shows. You're going to get two different points, two different time frames to see two things change the galaxy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, as you guys were saying, this is kind of the main thrust of the episode or at least the second half right is is really about how they acquire these chain codes and and get off planet um the uh, tech and echo decide to get their ship impounded so they can get into the spaceport and access one of the uh security terminals and, and forge a chain code because when you have uh tech and echo together you could you know you could pretty much hack anything at that point yeah uh, between echo's scomplink hand and tech's expertise except for boots apparently those are Tricky, tricky beast. Yeah, exactly, exactly, Um and, and in the process, though, they accidentally get the ship impounded while Omega's on it, and they made a big deal about it at the time. I think one small criticism I had is that 
Omega never really felt that in danger, even though, yeah, she was on the ship and like Hunter was very upset that she was on the ship when they, they got it impounded. Um, she kind of just sat with them and then, you know, ran the, the chain codes over to cut and Hunter through the spaceport um, mm-hmm. and really was never in all that much danger. So I, I didn't really yeah. feel like they paid off that, that quite as much. Well, maybe at that point they actually had conscripts within the armor and that's why they can't shoot straight. I don't know. I mean, and, and like a small battle did break out later. Um, but I don't know. I, I guess that was the other thing. It, it and, was, yeah. It's, it was a more theoretical danger than anything. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, even when the fight did break out, you know, at one point they were talking about, oh, if a, fight, if a fight breaks out, they'll they'll lock down the entire spaceport. But eventually a small fight does break out and they don't lock down the spaceport uh, either. Yeah. It, um, that sequence felt a little bit odd where, like, there seems to be a full-blown fight happening inside of Impound, but, like, they're not scrambling every troopers. Like, they're still, hey, like, yeah, keep moving the line of people to the shuttle through. Like, yeah, there's some firing going on over there, but not important at the moment. Okay, um, just, but maybe this is... I'm sorry, finish your thought. No, that, that was the end of my thought. It, was, it, okay. it did feel a little bit odd. Well, look at it. Okay, you got to look at it from the point of view of this. Maybe because now the Empire has taken over and you've got you know Tarkin saying that he wants conscripts in there. Maybe this batch of clones that are out there right now are not the way they were when the Republic was fighting their battle. And that's why they're just that little bit off. I don't know. It feels you, too you've soon. You've got to take it with a grain of salt because, well, I, I know, but and, and that's true. But also take a look at from this point of view. You've got Cut and his family going through to get onto the shuttle. They're passing by clone troopers, passing by clone troopers. One of them sits there, looks Cut square in the eyes and go and just basically says to him, you look familiar. <laughs> but then he gets called away. OK, so. So now you're looking at it from the point of view of maybe that trooper didn't have to just be in the 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 the, the soup long enough to realize he was looking at himself. I don't know, but that was that that was that was funny because funny or fascinating because he literally looked at him. Yeah, and yeah. basically got pulled away. And 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 you know there you would think if it was let's put it this way. If it was Jesse, if it was any of the other ones, it would be like, lock this down. We've got, I mean, that fast. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bit odd. He didn't, he didn't recognize himself. I, you know, Hunter's, not Hunter, sorry, Cut has, you know, changed a little bit. It doesn't really follow regulations anymore, that sort of thing. But you think right. he would notice? Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Overall, I I liked this the the scene in the spaceport. I thought it was really cool how they tied it into Solo here with the um the the like the um I don't even know what to call it like the security right the where, where they when they go up to security it's base it looks a lot like when Han and Kira yeah. go mm-hmm. at, to go to the spaceport and try to get past. Um, I loved like the 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 clamps the docking clamps on the on the ships like in like in Solo. It, I, I feel like the Bad Batch is just doing a phenomenal job of tying together the prequels in the original trilogy and Solo and the Mandalorian and so many different aspects of the Star Wars saga already. Clone Wars, um, 
it really does feel like they're just pulling from everything and just having a, a grand old time. And if they can make it work, that's what's going to make the episodes so special because they are they're basically making the world more fuller by giving it actual context of what we've already seen and going back and telling these stories within that context of what we've seen to fill out the full Star Wars universe. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, I think it was a, it was a, it was, I really enjoyed it as a, as a second episode. I, I don't think it was, you know, um, necessarily breaking any new ground, but it gave us a lot, a lot of, uh, it really seemed to develop the characters a lot, I think, which I, I mm-hmm. appreciated. Yeah. And I loved, again, the chain codes and everything else seeing cut. Uh, I, I really liked it. Yeah, I'll say, especially Hunter, I feel like is really developing out of that kind of 2D personality we saw in the original Bad Batch uh, arc in Clone Wars into a much more full-featured kind of three-dimensional interesting character. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, we talked about that last week that we wanted to see that happen. That was like one of the big, not that it was an issue in the first episode, it's normal at the start of a season to have obviously less context about the characters uh, but the fact that they're already starting to kind of make those changes, um, mm-hmm. I think, is a hugely positive. Yeah, and and I think going forward, what's going to be fun is to see all the characters basically being filled out and getting yep. more rounded. You know, that's that's going to be that, that's what I'm going to enjoy watching. And again, the universe building, which is great. Yeah, I'll be curious to see if they pull. Um, how they end up doing that. Like, well, we have this, you could argue is kind of a very hunter centric episode in terms of character development. I wonder if we'll have the tech centric episode, mm-hmm. the echo centric mm-hmm. episode. Um, yeah. And it wouldn't surprise me, um, you know, if you, I don't know if that came through. Hopefully not. Um, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Got disabled. And I think that happened to have been Wrecker. Yeah. Uh, I think you've got security there with you or something. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tarkin's on you. Uh, Oh, I sorry. I was trying to figure out like why, why is my echo talking behind me? It's because I said the echo. name of the character. <laughs> it's because <laughs> you said echo. <laughs> I William, I keep that in. That is what happens. Yeah, this is uh, totally. Not <laughs> oh, we're not going to cut that out. That's great. That is great. Well, um, anyway, yeah. To try and figure I, out how Echo is going to be uh, a well-rounded character by the end of the season. I'm just going to have to be very careful about uh, what words I choose to use. Um, Depending what model you have, Echo might already be a well-rounded character. Exactly. (laughs) Um, But what I was going to say is, you know, if you picking another kind of beloved series that Dave Filoni also worked on, at least for season one, um, Avatar The Last Airbender kind of makes a joke in season three about how each of the main characters has its own like spinoff. Uh, not a spinoff episode, but each character has their own episode where they get to work with us, you know, one of the other characters who's joined the group. Um, like, yeah, is it my turn to go on, you know, the spiritual transformation episode with Zuko? And I, I could see something interesting happening here um, where, ah, like, is it Wrecker's turn to have, you know, a bonding moment of some kind with Omega? Uh, now it's Tech's turn and so on and have it be, mm-hmm. you know, what was the way to differentiate episodes and, provide interesting backstory. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. And, you know, we didn't get to see any of Crosshair in this episode, um, mm. but I think it's okay. And I'm, I'm curious to see how much, how present he'll be. We've t- they talked about in the past how you can't overuse the villain too much. Otherwise they just lose all of their, um, 
their 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 menacing you know qualities. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. You know, is he constantly on their tail? I'm I'm very interested to see where they go in the next episode. That's for I, sure. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And so yeah, I mean, there's there's just a lot of uh, a lot of really exciting stuff. We don't know how long this season is going to, we don't know how many seasons this show is going to go for. It might be one. It might be, it might be multiple. I don't know. Um, but, uh, one thing we will, uh, one thing we do know is that, uh, according to an interview with that, our good friend of the show, Sean Keen did, uh, earlier this week. So it came out Monday as you're listening to this. So go check that out, uh, on CNET. Uh, but he had a he had an interview with the uh, with Brad Rao and um, Jennifer Corbett, the creators of the show. And uh, this season will have sixteen episodes. He was able to get the exclusive on the uh, the season length, uh, so it's a little bit longer than most. Um, and but yeah, well, I guess we'll see. We'll we'll see where they take things. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to plug his his interview. So it's it's a great interview and. Uh, I was glad to finally get an episode length after so, them being so cagey for so long. So definitely check out Sean's article over on CNET. Very cool. Uh, well, um, Tom, you want to give everyone your final thoughts on this this episode? I'm going to give it. I'm going to flat out give it a seven point five. I like the episode. I think it's a really good follow up to the first one. Um, they, I love seeing uh, cut back. I love the reference to Rex. So they're kind of setting up at least, you know, Rex is coming in the future. And who's to say we may not see Cut again? You never know. He's They're not on the run, which is the best thing about it. Uh, so maybe this is basically giving him his happy ending to where they're not on the run, his family's safe. Cut is one of the clones that actually got out and, and wasn't affected by everything that's going to happen to the clones that are left. Um so anyway, I have a 7.5 rating, and I guess for me, what I'm going to do with my 7.5 romp brats, well, let's just put it this way. That one clone trooper got razzed by his friends because they realized after Cut gun on the transport, they looked back at the tape and realized that, oh my God, this guy looked like us. So that one clone trooper that let him go by, when he went to his sack that night, they put 7.5 romp brats in there to keep him awake all night as basically a hazing for what he did. <laughs> so that's it. Uh, you know, Tom, William? yeah, I, I'm actually going to go with you. I thought this was a, this was a good episode, a great second episode. Um, we got to learn more about the characters, got to give more, uh, more backstory into the relationship. And I loved how they really you know, starting to develop uh, Hunter in particular, but I, I suspect all of them, uh, as well so this was a great episode in the end omega did go with them uh so they 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 didn't uh pawn her off on cut even though he was willing to take care of her and raise her cut and sue uh she's she's staying with the bad batch so i'm excited to see how her character continues to grow as well and what else we we learn about her uh so i'm gonna give this uh seven and a half womp rats as well and my seven and a half womp rats um, well, you know, there's, uh, uh, there's seven and a half Wamperettes on security at the, at the, the hangar just to, to make sure ever no one tries to steal any chain codes, but 
Womp rats aren't very good at their jobs. But there you go. <laughs> Steven? Uh, I think that brings it to me. Um, so I think I'm going to give my score and then I'm going to provide some context. I'm going to give it, I think, a six and a half out of ten. Um, okay. Obviously a little bit lower than both of you. I think for me, it really came down to uh, I just, I didn't care personally for the story as much. Um, as I said, kind of, it just, it felt like a repeat of Mandalorian. And I, I hope that is kind of a one episode trend and we'll do some different types of things. But even that being said, that that's my personal preference. And also it just, other than that, it was just, it was a good episode. It was, you know, for me, these were, I think I even talked about it, you know, back when we were reviewing Clone Wars regularly, like this is your cut and dried, like, yeah, this is just a solid episode. I may not come back and watch it. It won't make my top 10 list of best episodes, but it's also not going to make my top 10 list of worst episodes either. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a solid, you know, contained story and it moves us on to the next one, um, which we know hopefully will yep. be another crazy high. Um, so yeah, overall, I thought it was just, it was solid, just kind of not for me, if that makes sense. Um, now that being said, so obviously we watched, you know, Cut and others get onto the transport, um, and they had, had to hack the chain codes together. Uh, you, what we missed though, and it's only on screen for a couple of seconds, um, the group in front of them is one person, uh, and it's a large person in a trench coat. And it turns out that was actually six and a half Womp Rats that had managed to get, <laughs> steal one chain code, and they had to figure out how to get on the ship. And so they stacked on top of each other to look like an adult, and then they snuck on board. Uh, ingenious tactic. Very. I like it. I do too. Yeah. Well, uh, this was a fun review and I'm looking forward to seeing where the season goes. Like I said, this, we've got two episodes the first week. Uh, we'll, we're not gonna have to wait until next Friday, a whole week before we get our, uh, the third episode of the season. Um, but I'm excited. I'm excited to see where they take us. And in the third episode will be called according to the, um, the leak. Again, these episodes were accidentally published on Disney plus for the barest moment. It looks like at least the titles and descriptions before they got pulled uh, just for the first three episodes. So the, uh, according to this leak, the, the third episode is called replacements. And in this episode, the batch gets stuck on a desolate moon. I wonder what that's going to, Replacement sounds kind of like, I don't know, like replacing the clones. Are they going to go more into like cloning, uh, you know, how, how the clones are being replaced? I don't know. I don't know. This could be the first time we see stormtroopers. I don't know that, if we're quite there yet. Yeah, I think it'll be a little, bit, guess. Okay. A little bit. It does give me from vibes from that Rebel episode where they find the old uh, kind of battle droids and kind of that sort of thing. So I wonder if maybe we'll see something similar. That might. I don't know. That might be. We shall see. Yep, we shall see. But otherwise, we will uh, we'll be back next week with our review of replacements. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncanoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncanoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. 
Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.